Now entering Nerdist.com. I was looking on Bing for a sweet ass wild guest, and then I found it. I was looking on Bing, and I found a show called Jonah Radio with Cash Heart, so Neil Mahoney and Jonah. Sometimes his brother Adam, their special guests, interviews, soundboard drops, and music news, and bands you've never heard of. Jonah Ray Dio can't make it because he is getting ready for the live Jonah Radio at Grilla Mall in Alhambra on April 19th at 8 p.m. It's going to have our guest, the Manx, uh, which is a great band, and Brendan Small will be shredding up some guitar and and we'll be eating burgers and stuff like that. Uh, thanks what, for wait, wait, what is Dio's uh, preparation re- regime? <laughs> He's he's uh, he's fasting. Metamucil. He's fasting and getting ready. Uh, he's not eating any carbs because oh, okay. he's getting oh, his body sense. ready for yeah. the assault. <laughs> the assault that is uh, a, a, a Grilla Mall burger. Um, our producer is Cash Hartzell. Cash. Hi everybody. Tell me about your day. It was a good day. I had like a meeting and then I did play. Uh, I mean, like can't even go five seconds without dropping some Hollywood phrases I'd on us. Like uh, a meeting? Yeah, it was like a meeting. Did you go see a prostitute? <laughs> <laughs> Neil's here, and so are my parents. <laughs> Neil, not sen- I'm not going to censor myself. Nailed it! You're not going to say, yeah. <laughs> can't, can't talk about the fact that uh, your mom listens, too. Yeah, she does. So there's a ton of things <laughs> I won't say. Well, it's not like Catch actually visits prostitutes. <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's just crude... Crude things to say in front of your friend who's already yeah. nervous enough that his parents are around. <laughs> you uh, should probably introduce them. Adam's on a beer run, and, uh, and um, my parents here. Mom, say hello. Hi. Hi. And then uh, my dad's here. Dad, a microphone's in front of you. It has hello. sound capturing capabilities. Hello, hello. There it is. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you can see where my brother gets his charm. <laughs> Uh, and our, uh, our our guests are uh, our fancy pants guests. We always have uh, <laughs> other kinds of guests. We have a fancy pants guest that uh, he is he is an artist, a photographer, a uh, a fine rock and roll connoisseur, and a uh, just a man and a new dad. Please, everybody, Chris Cooper. The on switch. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You guys know all about technology. Oh, we get yeah. all these mics at uh, Radio Shack. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's a good, uh, good, good sales going on at the Shack. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's funny. Shack 11. Do you remember when they tried to do the uh, the Shack? It was like yeah. their, their rebranding. Yeah. 
Yeah. Was, that was seven years ago. That was seven years ago? They've been limping that long. <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, Dad, if, you're gonna, if you want to interact, you can hold the microphone up to your, your mouth. If, you're gonna, if you want to respond and we'll react. Just, we'll, just, we'll just point it at him. Yeah, <laughs> point it at him. At least yeah. there we go. stand up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> Nailed it! Uh, so if the Radio Shack, I remember the past few times I've had to go in there for splitters. I think that's the only reason anyone that's, goes yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would walk in, and then the guys working there would be startled. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what, you, um, what do I uh, remember? Oh, well, can I help you? <laughs> I, I had to go in there recently to find a an AM radio antenna, and... They they for surprisingly for a place called Radio Shack they said <laughs> they have yeah. no idea what a radio was so yeah, yeah. I, you should though I I go there and I see some stuff that seems from a bygone I mean they still sell uh, VHS cassette tapes yeah yeah and if you want a radio controlled car that's really cheap and shitty <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the place that's kind of what they yeah they just became the uh, low end Sky Mall electronic store <laughs> and. A cell phone you could buy literally anywhere else for a better price. Yeah. <laughs> really? But they, yeah. they want to come with that sweet cricket service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the 400-page document you have to sign out at the mm-hmm. register. My first, uh, yeah. my first pager, my first cell phone I got from a radio show. Your first, first pager? pager? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did really pioneer that trend of asking you for way too much personal information to like yeah. buy a battery. Oh, yeah. I was thinking yeah. about I was I heard about it on another. Uh, they were talking about Radio Shack on another podcast as I was driving over here, and I thought about like maybe that was just a front for guys who buy fuses and other weird stuff. <laughs> like it was, it was for like guys that were into soldering and circuit yeah. bending. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you used to be able to go in there and actually buy like. Transformers and things, and yeah. Like, you know, yeah. they used to actually be like functional in some way, and now it's just now you can buy transmorphers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Adam's stuck outside. Oh. Um, all right, Neil's gonna go get him. Um, yeah, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird scene. The uh, at, what was it? Circuit City also was closed down. Circuit yeah. City, but Circuit City, I felt like went a lot quicker. Circuit City was yeah. like went out of business yeah. within like With a year. Bang. They yeah. shut it down. Yeah. I yeah. always thought Radio Shack and Pizza Hut they were very similar to me for some reason. Just shacks and huts. Shacks and huts. I felt like yeah. you could probably <laughs> and if, also if, like you know the sandwich lean to. That's uh, that's also a great the, the lean to uh, is one of my favorite terms for a type of structure. Yes, <laughs> like it's like it's it's just they. They kept on not knowing how to build an actual structure that could stand on its own, and they had to come up with a term saying, "No, no, no! It's not badly made. It's a lean-to." It's a lean-to. I like to think uh, sandwich lean-to was like the kick so kick-off part of uh, soup plantation. Soup like plantation. Soup plantation got a soup got a whole plantation, but sandwich just gets a lean-to. Here's the thing: I didn't realize till Adam told me they only have like two soups when you go to soup plantation. <laughs> it's not like a whole bunch of soups. Chili, yeah, chili's not a soup. You live in Burbank. You probably go to Soup Plantation all the time. I have never, ever been to Soup Plantation. And the one person I know who went there got a horrible, horrible food poisoning. So I hope they're not sponsoring this or anything. No. Oh, if we could get any sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) If there was any way to really try and... Takati isn't your sponsor? (laughs) I always... I, I, I can't... You seem like a guy that is sober. Oh, no. Boy, you don't hang around me very much. <laughs> no, no, just, and, just the way you live your life leads me to believe you've made a lot of mistakes or making up no, for them. No, I still make 
second mistake. Oh, you do see, like, it's like, you do come off as, like, you know, like an older guy that was into rock and roll that went too much and then just kind of stopped drinking. No, I didn't go too far, so I'm still doing it. I'm, I'm working on going yeah. too far. There's a great uh, Laura Keitlinger quote where she says, um, I don't drink all the time because I want to continue to drink. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's kind of me. Dad, you, you don't drink anymore, right? Well, you learned that along the way. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't stop making mistakes. Yeah, Dad, the microphone. No, I got him. You got him? Yeah. yeah. Oh. He's, he's right on the same level. He's got my and now you're, you're a new dad. I am a new dad. Yes, uh, I am. Dad, any, any uh, rock and roll dad advice to a young <laughs> rock and roll dad? <laughs> it's your first one? Yep, first one. He's uh, Coming from the guy that's only old. had two. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is your first one? Well, you know. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Useful information. This is true. It's, uh, are you planning on having more? Well, no. Yeah, because it seems like it seems like a nightmare. No, no. Actually, it's really awesome, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And both myself and my wife are super happy. But I am forty six, and she just turned forty, and she. We both figure like we got off really lucky this time. Yeah. That's don't, insane that don't, you were able to have a kid. Yeah, exactly. Basically, <laughs> wow. and yeah, so. Wow. So yeah, so we just decided he's he's awesome and perfect. And we're not going to risk having a devil baby for number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure you can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> <Nailed it. laughs> um, how is having a kid fitting into your, uh, your artist's lifestyle? Mm, well, pretty, pretty easy because you make your own schedule probably, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, my, my, wife, my wife's an architect. She, ha- she has a really cool firm that she works with. So right now... Like two days a week, she works from home. So those days I can go and like if I need to go run errands and do stuff, I can go do it. And the other three days I've got him with me. And so I either take him to the studio and work or like I stay if there's stuff I can do at home, I stay at home and work. Nice. So it works pretty. And I'm. I'm really. It's awesome. Yeah, I he's, guess you're never bored, huh? Oh God, no! And <laughs> yeah. he's he's just started crawling, so it's like just nonstop. <laughs> like, you're, you're, oh, you you're just about to pull the table over on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like, but your studio's got to be not inducive to having a kid crawl around. Yeah, huh? I'm working on that now. I gotta I gotta build a baby cage over there. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you also like in, in your house, like it's like you have like all the you have the, the garage full of like oh he like restores old roadsters. Oh. Yeah, is that the proper term? Yeah, that's what I call all yeah. cars really roadsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I call bikes bike lanesters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. yeah, I've got a I've got a uh, Model A nineteen twenty nine Model A sedan hot rod that's finished. I've got a forty six Ford. Two door sedan that's like an original hot rod from the fifties that a friend of mine found in a barn, and I'm actually just now getting an interior put in it because next week I'm driving it to Austin for a hot rod show. Whoa! Is it gonna make it? Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, I'll make it. Yeah. Yeah, this car. This car. Several people I know have owned this car, and it's the guy that I actually owned it, then sold it, and then bought it back. And the guy I sold it to. Flew down to L.A., picked it up, drove it to Portland, Oregon. Jeez. And, yeah, yeah it's that car's it's reliable. Yeah. yeah. And I drove my Model A out to Austin, like, two years ago for the same event. Yeah. So. Model A has, like, the, 
the like the split gear shift on the floor, right? Well, the stock one does. Oh, I mean, stock. this one has like it's got like a small block Chevy, and it's oh. more, a little more <laughs> modern. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's a hot rod. Yeah. So. yeah, that's incredible. I bet this is the first time that this subject has ever been discussed on this podcast. Cars? Yeah. No, no. We talked about how Adam doesn't have a car. Uh, well, that's not quite the same thing. <laughs> um, well, if he did have a car, I'm sure it'd be a hot rod. That's true. That's, no, that's the no. thing about Adam, Adam. Adam the Hot Rodriguez. Yep. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. that's what's weird is that I, our last name is Rodriguez. Okay. But uh, the longer I live in LA, the more I just crumble to the fact that I don't want to repeat myself. Yeah. <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves: repeating myself yeah. and then having to go like Rodriguez. What Rodriguez? Huh? Rodriguez with an S. What Rodriguez? Yeah, I just started going Rodriguez with an S, and yeah. it just makes life easier. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Ugh. It's so hard for a white person. Um, we're going to take a break uh, and play a song from the new... You know, let's do a Muff song. How about a Muff song? Oh, you, like the muffs? you like the Muffs right there? Huh? Yes. New drop? No, that's an old one. All right, cool. Uh, this is uh, from their last album on Burger Records, Up and Down Around.
right. That was Up and Down Around by the Muffs on their last album. That drummer just keeps getting better, I think. Big fan of that band. Have you ever you've done artwork for them? Yes, I did. What's the list of bands you've done artwork for? Well, yeah, too, too many quick, rattle them all off. <laughs> yeah. All of them, all of them. No, but I mean, you know, I, what about some that just come to mind? Maybe those would be his favorite ones. I think my first actual silkscreen show poster was for the Muffs. No in way, like 1992. Wow. Oh wow, because they're old like I am. They are. <laughs> but I mean, I've done. I, I, you know, everybody sort of cool in the 90s I did a poster for I think so. yeah like at all the Jabberjaw bands oh yeah and were you, did you like was it were you just a guy hanging out going to shows in the scene saying hey I'll do some artwork for yeah, you yeah pretty much I mean you know because I was hanging out with Long Gone John from Sympathy for the Record Industry yeah. I was sort of around all of the bands and stuff. And do you know? Have you ever been to his? Does he have an island? I haven't been to his new place up north, but it's he sends me photos all the time. It's crazy. I mean, he literally built a record store in his basement. That's what I heard. Because he just. It's got like he's got like a counter and bins <laughs> and like you know the the little racks on the wall. So yeah. can, and it's just and, for his collection. Yeah, and he just the goes in. And, and like and he sent me a photo one day and he said, "Oh, I, I changed. I, I put up all of my cramps bootlegs." So there's this <laughs> like giant wall of like every insanely hard to get cramps. Yeah. Oh, I'm having an in store. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. He could literally up. have an in store. And all but, his money comes from the white stripes. Ripping off the white stripes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's it, it's not. Yeah, well, you know, I Long Gun John is like kind a of a pirate, basically. So yeah. he's, he's. I mean, not. Oh, well, I think he might have made a few bootlegs in his life, but but no, I mean, he's he 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 had a very standard deal with all of his bands, and it was like, I'll pay you to I'll pay you to record, and then you know this record's mine and like I can put out this record as long as I want and for most of the bands that did that that was a great deal because it was like great exposure to be on his label yeah you know and he you know and the whole White Stripes thing I mean he put out the White Stripes when nobody gave a shit about the White Stripes yeah, so they wouldn't yeah. be the White Stripes if he hadn't put out those records very true so you know it's it's all I mean everybody in the record business is crooked. I think you just have to sort of decide what level of crookedness you're yeah. okay with, yeah. you know, like, well, like the guys when you're who, in Detroit you need a very serious level of crookedness. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, the guys that, you know, make a, a meager living while running a record label, like like Todd Congelier uh, from Recess Records, like, you know, it's because he's too honest. Yeah, it's because no, that's he does true. his best to be fair to the bands, and really, it's just there's not well, a way to. Make I mean, too you much have money. to consider that. I mean, Long Gone John for all the bands he's put out and all the records he's put out. I think the only two people he's had problems with have been the White Stripes. Yeah. Uh, so you, um, what's your favorite era? Seems to be fifties. Is that like the era you kind of dig? Everyone has like a favorite past era that they almost wish they were a part of. No, I mean, you know, I love like. I think people think of Hot Rods as like a 50... I mean, to me, it's all about like the era from about 1961 to like the end of 1966. That's like the magic spot because that's like... Would you when, say so, Dad? That was, so you were, uh, what was that, 10 to 16? 11 15, yeah. 15? But yeah, like the, the, that was when like there was amazing music... The hot rod scene was really going. I mean, there was just there was cool stuff going on in art. That was when pop art really happened. I mean, that was just like 
Presidents kept dying. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was like the sweet spot, you know. So well, it's funny. I was telling my dad, like, uh, he's, he asked what kind of art you did. And I was like, well, to put it in maybe a way you would understand it, uh, Rat Fink. Yeah, that's part of it. Like, sort of Rat Fink and Naked Ladies. And it's hot yeah. rod art. It's lowbrow. Yeah, it's lowbrow. You know, yeah. Juxtapose. It's, I don't know. It, it's. Stuff that normal people can relate to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, like, close. towards the end of that era, is that's when I feel like the auto companies started doing that planned obsolescence thing because they were like, these sure. cars are lasting forever. No one's buying new cars. <laughs> no, that's totally true. That's yeah. sort of when everything started to turn to shit. Yeah. yeah. But see, now I'm really getting into, like, I, well, I mean, I've always been into it, but I started, like, when I got divorced, I lost all my 45s. Oh. So I started rebuying. Well, first I started rebuying the 45s that I had done artwork for because I didn't have copies. And then that must be brutal. I got, you know, I started getting on Discogs. And I was like, oh, well, I wonder if somebody has this record. And I just, you know, I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I just, because I started finding all these amazing punk records that I had like lusted after my whole life that were surprisingly affordable. Really? You know, like stuff like Lurker's records that are like $10 and it's like, well, geez, I'm, I gotta buy that. And what, what, what could you not afford it at the time when you, well, them, you know, you? well, I had, when I was very young, when I first moved out here in like late eighties, I had a pretty decent collection of that stuff and I sold it all off to get money to come out here. Oh yeah. yeah. And okay. then I rebuilt it. I rebuilt a lot of it. So this is basically my third go around on oh, my yeah. punk rock record collection. But I'm. Did the internet have any like the emergence of the internet? Did that make it a lot easier? Yeah, it was Discogs. Yeah, Discogs. Well, Discogs yeah. makes it a hell of a lot easier because like, like I it. used to have. See, you don't like it because I. Well, part of the fun of record collecting for me is the going to record stores well, no, I, and you know talking with people. I and, agree. Sure, if you'd lost the same records twice, though, you'd be like, yeah. Well, Let's no, get this I, done agree. I, I agree, and I totally, I'm the same way. But it, it is that thing of like, there's stuff that it's like, there's stuff that you never, ever will ever find in a record store. And I've been hunting in used record stores since I was 13 years old, so I know. Yeah. But and that just like, makes it about, you're just a completist. You're a, co- oh, yeah, yeah, a collector. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. But, but, you know, and also it was like stuff like, like I went through and I, may, I got a complete run of all the Mummies records, which I bought all those records from the mummies in like 1993 for like a yeah. dollar and a half or something. And, and I had to go for... back and pay like 80 yeah. bucks for the same <laughs> damn thing. And are you looking for, you know, original pressings? Does that sure. kind of stuff get you off? Sure. Well, what I really like are picture sleeves. Like yeah. anything that has a, like a decent picture sleeve. Like a lot of, like a lot of stuff that here never came out with picture sleeves. Like in, you know, in Germany, there'll be like, all the sweet records have like amazing picture sleeves in Germany. So oh, like, wow. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, have you ever, you said you had to go back and rebuild your collection just of stuff that you had done. Is there anything that you've done that you haven't been able to find again? Um, no, I actually, I think I just recently got the last one that I was looking for, which was like the first LP that I did for uh, Bomp Records that I did like full artwork for the cover and it was for this it was for a band called the Laughing Soup Dish. <laughs> so you can imagine not a real popular record. <laughs> and great uh, improv group. Yeah. yeah. And I and I just I, I don't know what happened to the copy that I got, you know, back in the day, but that I finally tracked it down and it was like 
I think it was a guy in Germany that I got it from, of all places. So, have you ever had one of these sellers recognize that, like, you were the guy that did the? Uh, yeah, like, actually, that's kind of been happening a lot, and it kind of freaks me out. But, <laughs> but uh, and then of course, like, I started to go down that rabbit hole of like there would be stuff on Discogs. Like, there's a listing for me on Discogs. Oh, no way. For, like, artwork I've done. Oh, really? And wow. so I started looking at it, and then I was That's like, helpful. Oh, wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this one isn't on there, and that one isn't on there. And I was like, should I write a le-? And then I'm like, I don't want to get... <laughs> like, Discogs is Dummy insane. account. Yeah. Like, get in there. <laughs> the, the, it's like that whole... Well, it's that whole weird internet nerdy thing of, like, I have to be right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And But it's applied to record collecting, which is already insane. Already there, yeah. So... Yeah, it's like every like if you're on Discogs and you have like your collection listed or whatever, like every day you'll get 20 emails about some release version has been corrected. And it's like, oh, I added the correct numbers off oh, the, the runoff and blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> and it's like, wow. Yeah. And it's always something weird that's like a totally worthless record, like some record that you don't even like. Why does anybody wow. care what the correct catalog numbers on a Bobby Sherman record are? You know, like yeah. people would never know these people exist really uh, if it weren't for the internet. Yeah, it would no. just be that one weird guy that just kind of mm-hmm. floats in and out of the record store, always looking at the quarter bin. Well, yeah, that's that's it. Well, th- I have a funny story about that because I know I don't know if you know um, Eddie Gordetsky, who's a is a comedy writer and. For years and years, he put out these Christmas compilations of like weird Christmas music, and he's like an insane record collector. He has like two whole rooms in his house full of records. Oh, wow. He's he's like he's the guru, and but I years before I actually met Eddie, I went into Record Surplus one day, and this is like probably nineteen eighty nine or something. And I walk in, and the place is empty, and there's one guy over in the corner, and I'm like. What is he looking at? And he's like, he's looking at the Christmas records. Who the hell is like looking oh, yeah. at Christmas <laughs> records in like, you know, July? And then like, you know, I met Eddie a few years later and I found out about his whole Christmas thing. And then and one day I was thinking about it. I was like, that was him. Because yeah. <laughs> who the fuck else would it be? Yeah. But, uh, you know, Dana Gould uh, every Halloween. Halloween is like his favorite, yes. uh, you know, uh, holiday. And so he every year has a... a a mix CD that he sends out to all his friends of just some of the weirdest, best Halloween music. Just like old, even like old radio jingles for Halloween time. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. So I was going to say, like, how does, if he's been doing it for more than three years, how has not every single Halloween song been on there? You'd be surprised. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, there, wait, I think this is it right here. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's just a bunch of weird, where's some of the jingles? Uh, and now... A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. That's one of them. And then there's. <laughs> Take a treat. Take a treat. Take a treat. For Trick or treat. Oh, there is, it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is one of my favorite ones. Trick or treat. They're saying drink a drink. Trick or treat. <laughs> trick or treat on Halloween. Trick or treat on Halloween. Never any tricks, but lots of treats on your Halloween station. Here's a salutation. A 
musical treat from your Halloween station. Happy Halloween! It's pretty great. It's uh. <laughs> I, you know, as far as Halloween music, my uh, the extent of my knowledge was Monster Mash. Yeah, it's yeah. about uh, it. I, yeah. I actually did a comp last Halloween of all of all Monster Mash type songs. Oh, really? <laughs> and I called it Monster Parties Factor Fiction. <laughs> like the Mr. Show. That's like the best Mr. Show sketch ever. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good one. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a break with a song uh, called Ditch Digger. From Rocket from the Crypt, which it's kind of uh, a Halloween song. Yeah, oh. sure. Here you go. Great segue. Bitches are very scary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
one more time left. Let that ring in a roll. Yes. That was Ditch Digger by Rocket from the Crypt. One of my favorite bands. One of your favorite bands. Yes. One of Mike Kroll's favorite bands. Yes. Uh, Mike Kroll probably... You have almost every one of their uh, vinyl records. Yes, I, I have everything except... There are three records that Pusshead put out that are just not gettable unless you're in the Pusshead fan club. <laughs> and I'm apparently not in the Pusshead fan club. So, so I didn't know Pusshead actually put out s- stuff. Oh, yeah, man. That guy's like, he's got an empire. I really just thought he was an artist that, like, like the, I first knew about Pusshead because he did, like, Metallica posters and shit. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, he... Geez, he goes all the way back to too. hardcore days. I mean, he's he's been around forever. Yeah. And, I mean, and I don't say that in a negative way. I mean, it's awesome. But he, uh, yeah, he does he does all these crazy limited edition toys that he does with these guys and designers in Japan. He's put out all kinds of records. He does, you know, prints. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of brilliant. Is I that mean, kind of what you, uh, like, did you, like, see what he was doing and then start to do the same thing? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, him and other people, but but yeah, I mean, he's he's got it figured out. I don't know. He I'm I mean, I'm sure he has people that work for him full-time that sort of handle all of that stuff. Yeah. And but I mean, he's he's got it going on. So, I mean, you got to you got to got to respect the guy. At this point in your career, are you still do you still have to hustle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do, I, I, I don't think I would know how not to do that. Yeah, because that's I mean, what I, you had to do. Yeah, and I mean, I, it's like I come from kind of a more, I wouldn't say lower, I guess working class kind of environment, and I didn't go to, I didn't go to like college or anything. I just started working, so I always, I, I mean, no matter how successful I am, I have that thing of like turning down a job is like. Pain, physically painful to me yeah, because yeah. it's like oh, I don't know I don't yeah. know if I'm going to get another one and maybe yeah. I should do that. When's so, the other shoe going to drop? When's the bottom? Gonna yeah, come and you know it's it's that's that's just part of the gig. I mean, and I'm okay with that. I kind of like it actually. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like you know I talked to because my wife is always like, oh, you're so lucky. You know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to like go into work every day and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you get a paycheck every two weeks coming yeah. rain or shine. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it is a, it is a, a weird thing to get into. And it's, it's always, there's always that low level of stress. And it's also so much, so much more ego than you'd like to admit is on the line. Oh, totally. I mean, and especially like when you've been doing, when you've been doing stuff for a long time and it's like, you see, you know, the kind of the way things kind of ebb and flow. I mean, cause like the whole, like in the nineties when I was doing those posters, like, you know, that was like, I was right on the crest of that when that was like huge. And then all of a sudden there's like overnight, like 800 guys doing posters and I just kind of walked away from it. So like when flat stock started. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, that, that I kind of walked away from that because I felt like I'd done as much as I could do with it. And, you know, I started doing fine art and, and, you know, I've been, I, that's pretty much what I've been doing ever since. And I don't know. I just kind of feel like I'm at the point now where I can just do whatever the hell I want. And I don't have to worry about it. 
and that's kind of a victory. Like the audience is there, and the, yeah. and the people yeah. buying it are there, and the and agents are there. Or what's the what's the art? Uh, patrons, patrons, yeah. collectors, but, collectors. And, well, and because it's weird too, because like now there's this whole thing going on that, and this has to do with like the whole internet and everything of. Like, there's all these galleries now that do these shows, and it's like, you know, 800 artists paint a painting of Pac-Man, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, or, 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 you know, the Golden Girls, or, or let's do mashups of... Pop culture art. Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of bullshit, you know? Because yeah. it's like, I mean, there's a lot of really, really talented artists that are doing the work, but I feel like they're not being... They're they're being sort of abused by this system that's been set up because it's like I want to take I want to take them aside and say don't you understand like they're not buying that painting because it's a beautiful painting they're buying yeah, it because it's, it's a, a fucking painting of Mork from Mork yeah. you know it's like they're they puns. would buy any yeah. piece of shit that has Mork from Mork on it because that's what they they want Mork from Mork they don't yeah. want your art. Like you're never, you're not servicing yourself properly. Yeah. You're not helping your career mm-hmm. any have, by selling yeah. all the, by just, just doing nothing but like paintings of like, you know, I don't know, whatever. No, and I agree, but I, I have found out, I mean, because of like, the first time I heard about any of these types of shows was the I Am 8-Bit shows. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they've moved around and there's a lot of contention with, you know, them and, and then also Gallery 1988 and what they do. And, uh, but I have found artists from those shows that I've like, you know, I go, that's really cool what he did. What else does he do? It's like being on a, a covers compilation. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, no, it's like, I, th- I like what they did with that. That's great, but I think you're probably pretty rare in that because I probably. think most people are just kind of like, Oh, it's the Golden Girls and they're naked. Oh, you know, yeah. and it's like that's the limit of their appreciation of it. You yeah, know? you know, and, and my it's wife were driven rather than artist driven. Yeah, and my wife has like you know she has uh, her gripes against that scene too. And I think it, uh, there was a a blog post by um, shoot, what's the uh, I'm, Lindy what? West? No, 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 no. He did. Uh, no one wants to play uh, uh, Sega Master System with Harrison Ford. Uh, oh. Brandon Bird, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Brandon Bird, who's a, a a really really great artist, like very like very good yeah. at his form, um, wrote a whole thing about how they're like the like, and he he said like you know I was a part of these shows early on, yeah. Um, but I you know I I always thought there was supposed to be commentary. Yeah, no, that's it. it. Right. There, there's definitely room for using pop culture to make some sort of a commentary or critique. But I think a lot of the shows, it's all it is, is sort of this like familiarity. And it's that whole, it's kind of part of part and parcel of the whole internet sort of mashup culture. It's like, you know, the stupid fucking t-shirts. It's like, Oh, it's, it's Dr. Who, but back he's steampunk. Yeah, and it's back. Yeah. To, and it's like, it's like, you know, taking thing one and adding it to thing two does not make a new thing. Yeah. It just makes crap. Yeah. It's not I mean, even it's, a comment. It's yeah. just yeah. <laughs> addition. I, what sucks it's, is like, uh, as much as like, I've kind of like cooled off on that stuff so much, I've gotten yanked into it because of the, the excitement of the Venn diagram that is you. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Uh, like sure. And that's like how Monsters that works. Outside has been doing yeah. a lot of stuff. Like where it's like, you know, there was like he made a no effects King of the Hill shirt or a black flag King of the Hill shirt. But, but, it's, but what it comes down to is, I mean, like if you compare it to music, it's like 
do you have a band that you absolutely fucking love and they're like one of your favorite bands and all they ever do is play covers? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. You like bands that do original shit. The bands that are your favorite bands are the bands that do something new, that do mm-hmm. something you haven't heard before. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I just, I'm, and hey, you know, I, I'm, I've been guilty of like grabbing stuff from pop culture and using it. I mean, I think you're all, you're almost fated to do it in this environment that we live in. I mean, everything is referenced to something else, it seems like. But I just, that I think a lot of that, that world, it doesn't help the artists. Like, it doesn't help the artists to be successful in that it world. It helps the dealer. Yeah, it helps the dealer. And you the, know? Uh, the galleries. And, and also, I think it's kind of a, you know, the thing is, for some artists... You know, it's really hard to come up with an original idea. It's a lot. It's really. It's a lot easier if somebody says, "Hey, I'm I'm doing a, a whole show of you know, Hello Larry tributes. You know, <laughs> come up with something. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like, oh, phew. Now I don't have to think. I just have yeah. to go find Google McLean Stevenson on the internet. And I'm done. You know, like um, there is something to be said about like the you want your art to challenge you or to kind of do something that you know you haven't seen before and yeah there's a me and my dad actually kind of get into arguments sometimes where he once heard me say how much i don't like uh cream or led zeppelin <laughs> and it was the first time like he called me to be like like with a specific he's usually like a catch-up it's a dad call <laughs> but like he was like he's like hey 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 uh what the fuck like it was like he was just saying like, it was like here's the thing you got to understand about led zeppelin at the time it was there was nothing else going on and we actually had that same conversation about cream earlier today which like for you for me i mean here's the thing i you know i heard that stuff after it had been mimicked and you sure. know and used yeah, and yeah, referenced yeah. and utilized you, you come from a post dread zeppelin era <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i probably heard and about a, a reggae version of led zeppelin <laughs> Uh, Led Zepp again is the number one, uh, but uh, but you you were trying to tell me like at the time when it came out it like blew it was like you know you, you said it was like Nirvana for me or that was happening yeah yeah and that was like uh, it's like you were listening to more soft rock stuff before yeah. that it was yeah. more of the folky stuff yeah yeah Crosby Stills and all that stuff. yeah and so James Taylor and well, Zeppelin did that great thing of you know because Robert Plant came from the whole English folk scene. Right. They sort of combined that with that sort of really loud, like heavy yeah. attack. Yeah. And I think the thing that's really significant about now, see, I went through the whole thing with Led Zeppelin. Like when I was a kid, I was a punk rock kid. Led Zeppelin sucked because they weren't punk rock. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, as I got older, I sort of was able to appreciate it more yeah. because I understood, like, where those guys came where from. Where they're coming from. Yeah. Right? And it's like the thing that's really significant historically about Led Zeppelin was. Like, with Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones, those guys were both master studio musicians mm-hmm. before they started that band, before Jimmy Page got into the Yardbirds. And I think the thing with Led Zeppelin, especially for Jimmy Page, was like, I know how to make the heaviest, loudest record on earth, and none of these other dumb shits know how to do it, because <laughs> they've got some, like, you know... F- some 50-year-old British guy that's been a producer for 30 years producing yeah. the records, and he's not going to ever let the needle get into the red or anything. Oh, but, yeah. like, because I've been in the studio, I know how all this shit works. I can make this sound so fucking loud and so heavy that it's just going to... And that's what happened is when those records came out, 
you know, yeah. the kids that, that were buying the technology them. of the day. You know, yeah. New technology like it is for you guys today. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and I think when literally people were like, I've never heard anything like this before. Yeah. yeah. And, and turn it up. And yeah. Sound good, you know? And, and I think that's a big part of what their sound was about. Yeah. And, and just the thing that, that Jimmy, you know, he built that, he built that band like a like a science experiment. It was like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the best bass yeah, player, right? the best drummer, the best singer, and I'm the, the best groups. guitarist. Yeah, it was a super group. Yeah, and, yeah. and line faith. Yeah. I yeah, so yeah, and I I sort of appreciate them a lot more now than I did when I was younger. Yeah, I you know it's it's weird. It's, my whole thing about Led Zeppelin is that I just like I. I have a real problem with people with overt confidence. <laughs> like it just rubs me the wrong way. And a bunch of guys that well, that's really your problem now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure, for it's sure. A, we'll call it an allergy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily <laughs> your strength or your yeah. superior yeah. taste. Mm. It's just you have an. Well, that's kind of what rock and roll really, is. Yeah. Is like that's kind of what rock and roll is. Is I mean. You know what? What the fuck do you think Henry Rollins is? I mean, if, if not the exact like, same thing. And I, yeah. you know, I'd rather like I'd rather listen to before he got confidence. Like I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather listen to Damage than My War. Well, I would agree with that. Yeah, and like you know, that's what I liked so much about punk and especially pop punk as a kid, where it's just like nerdy people making music for like sure. you know people that and like it's like you know like there was a lot of early punk that was just like you know I don't belong and I'm angry about it and like like in my generation I was like I don't belong and it, I just want to make jokes about it I just want to <laughs> yeah. like I just want to make fun of it and like that's what for me like what pop punk really sure. exemplified for well, sure Well that was the that see there's a weird thing cuz I mean we're different generationally yes. but we both have this sort of punk rock thing because for me like when I started getting into like doing stuff like going to shows and stuff was when it was right when like well hardcore had already happened but but hardcore had really started to attract like the kind of meathead jocks that like yeah. wanted to go to shows and get into fights and yeah. shit and like that was where like I started hating Black Flag was because Black Flag turned into this like kind of jock stoner band you know yeah. like pretty much around the time of like i'd say not like my war is probably the last like good record they did and then it's like it just sort of starts and you know greg Ginn started getting into like you know grateful dead and shit and it's like <laughs> and then you'd go to you'd go to shows and it'd be like you know these meathead assholes you yeah. know and so that sort of ruined that for me and that was right around the time like i started discovering like all the like '60s garage punk because they were just starting to like reissue that stuff on comps. And, yeah, and to and then so when I discovered that I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. This is punk rock and yeah. So you're, like we talk like uh, the Sonics. Yeah, like, um, the, like Arizona had a huge uh, or no, it was it New Mexico? Yeah, I had a compilation from like the '60s garage scene, uh, and it was a full compilation, but it was the '60s garage scene in Albuquerque. Yeah, well, no, it was a huge thing because in the '60s, you know, in that era, you know, when the the you know the Beatles were huge and everything, America was so much more regional that like if you could put together a band that could play like an hour's worth of like Beatles and Stones covers, yeah. you could be like the the biggest fucking band in Albuquerque <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like, I mean, well, there's a great story about there was a Chicago band called the Delvets who had like a couple of singles 
And, you know, they're sort of only remembered as for those couple of singles. But they were so big in Chicago that they each member of the band had a matching brand new 65 Corvette. That's Jeez. why they were called the Delvettes. <laughs> I mean, because they were making so much money playing, yeah. like, shows, yeah. you know, like three or four nights a week. Yeah. And and it's like you didn't need to have a record out. You didn't need to be national you could just play out to be night. super successful. Yeah. And that's why, like like... To the, well, like I just got the volume nine and ten of the back from the grave comps, the new ones that just came out, and it's like you put those on and you think, God, I've been buying these records for for almost thirty years. It's got to be pretty played out by now, and it was all brand new, unheard. Well, not brand new, but all unheard stuff. Wow! And it kills. Like it's yeah. great. It's as good as anything on <laughs> any of the other volumes of that. And it's like. How does this stuff like keep getting keeps, churned yeah. up? What's well, just know? like you know? There's always uh, it's like yeah. Me and my friends put out a, a seven or you know forty five when we were growing up, and then they, it comes out. And it turns out it's real good. I mean, yeah. there's a thing popping up right now in Hawaii. Uh, apparently, there was like a huge soul scene in Hawaii, like soul music and funk cool. and stuff like that. But it because I think of like uh, the scene you got involved in, the kind of more country comfort, yeah, yeah. like the you know the kind of real Full mellow Crosby, Stills, yeah. Nash stuff. Because that was like so much more in tune to what Hawaii is like, sure, and what people want out what of what the like, visitors wanted. Yeah, it's one of, you know, so you can kind of like it, but like so. I guess this scene just kind of got buried, and all those guys switched. But there was a bunch of records put out, and so this guy uh, uh, started this uh, like website called Aloha's Got Soul, and he keeps on finding, you know, he keeps on like like finding older people from Hawaii and getting all these, and they're great. And they're oh, all Hawaiian cool. people. Like it's like they're all locals doing amazing soul music. It's incredible. Well, it's it's kind of like how the whole Jamaican, the whole Jamaican musical scene. Like the reason that like ska and reggae happened was R and B, right? Well, yeah, because what happened was there were all these sound systems on the island where these guys would play American R and B records, and you know people would come and dance and drink. And there was a specific kind of record, these, these New Orleans R&B records that had that, that same downbeat, that reggae beat that yeah. you think of, and like Wynoni Harris. And what happened was they quit making that style of record because all these guys, all these Jamaican DJs would like come over to the United States. They'd come to you know Louisiana, Florida every couple of months and buy records to oh, take wow. back and play. And there was all this competition about... Because some guys didn't have the records, yeah. and they would like peel the labels off right. so nobody could see the name of the song yeah. and everything. So what happened was when when they stopped making those kind of records in America, you know, guys like Cox and Dodd said, "Well, shit, I got to start making my own records. So I got to find some musicians." And so basically, what he did is he, he you know he found these local guys, he played them some of these records, and he says, "Make a record like this." And that was like the birth of the whole Jamaican, you know, yeah. thing. Like, and, and I'm, I'm. That's like one thing that I'm like really kind of obsessive about because it's like, it's like the Galapagos Islands, how yeah. they were isolated yeah. and yeah. they evolved their own culture, and it happened really fast. Like because the islands were so small, like and independence came the, up yeah, around the same, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, and it. it the whole musical style would just change on a dime. Like yeah. within weeks, yeah. they went from, you know, ska to rock steady, and then would go from within less than a year went from rock steady into roots. But that's it, the UK as well. I mean, that's why it's oh, yeah. become such a flashpoint in the UK yeah. because it's like everything lights on fire so fast because yeah. it's isolated. And because it, yeah, exactly. And I, but I just like 
my my one of my favorite stories about that world and it just shows like it just encapsulates the the amazing part of it and the sad part of it is King Stitt who was a he was a DJ and a uh, um he he was a very successful DJ and then he did his own records and he in like 67 I think he just disappeared and there was this whole thing of like, well, you know, these people who are these scholarly researchers of all this stuff. And of course, it's all white, you know, English white guys. Yeah, they spell it white S-K-A, and, scholarly. And, yeah, it's, oh. And so, so what happened is somebody was like, well, what happened to King Stitt? Why did he stop making records? And so somebody tracks him down. And he's like, well, you know, I was, uh, somebody broke into my house one night and stole all my records, and I didn't have enough money to buy new records, oh, no. so I had to go work a construction job. Oh, jeez. Wow. And it's like, you just, like, it's like, that's so sad, because yeah. his records were so awesome. He's the Rodriguez of... Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And it's like, that th- that whole scene to me is really fascinating because it's, of it's that. It's Rodriguez, Jonah. Yeah, Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, I'm and, sure. And they melt really close because of the similarities in the culture. In the, in the yeah. Culture. So what happened was the sound became uh, Jawaiian. Yeah, they call it Jawaiian. Jawaiian, I yeah. like that. Just like a common, you know, yeah, slack key. You know, the harmonies are very much Hawaiian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the leads are uh, very much Hawaiian, but like the beats are. See, now this is something else I have to find. <laughs> yeah, it was basically, yeah, just marriage, weed you know? beach culture. The, yeah. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, there's also that fight in the, uh, in the Bob Marley documentary, uh, they, they they talk about how, uh, they heard a record and it sounded like, uh, like the guy was doing like the upbeat, the up, you know, yeah, uh, strum, yeah. uh, and like, bah, 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 yeah. and like, but it, like, uh, it turns out it was just like, there was a slight echo on the record <laughs> they were pulling it from. So they thought that's how you play it, no, that's, but it was yeah. just an effect exactly. on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? Let's uh, play a song. How about that? We should play a submitted song. We should do that more. Do we have any submitted reggae? <laughs> Some, yeah. I don't Somehow any... I doubt it. Um. Oh. Yeah. It was a drum. There was one drum roll. <laughs> I like that one. I never have a... Hey, now. Reason. You're an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Ben Gibbard from Death Cat for Cutie saying, hey, now you're an all-star. It was uh, submitted to us by Bill Tackett. Also, Bill Tackett, thanks for the record. I guess uh, Sylvian Essa, who's a great kind of a pop indie singer right now, had a band before that, and he sent me the record. It's really good. I appreciate that. Bill Tackett, that's a fan. Sending you free shit. Come on. That's what it's about. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to play a submitted song by a band called Bong Mountain. Uh, the, uh, the, album, <laughs> the album's called You're Doing Great. Uh, and the song is called Pariah Carey.
great artwork too. Yeah. Just the uh, very simple. Would you, you say it's kind of Daniel Johnston? Yeah. It doesn't look like they picked the pen up. Yeah. But just uh, their logo is a two-tiered mountaintop that also it's has a bong mountain. It's dude. a bong mountain. It's a bong mountain. Um, the album's called "You're Doing Great." Yeah, you're doing great. Get and that, that song was called "Pariah Care." Uh, so, yeah, and they're from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Same uh, place the Cheap Girls are from. Yeah, have you have you heard that Cheap Girls? Cheap Girls. I don't Cheap think Girls. So. No, I don't I've been so. digging them. I saw them at a uh, uh, whatever fest <laughs> in uh, Houston. And uh, our wait, friend, is it uh, really called Whatever Fest? Yes, yeah, oh, I thought fest. you just couldn't remember it. No, no, no. It's called Whatever <laughs> Fest. People have officially run out of names for fest. Yeah. <laughs> I think it went fun, fun, fun. Now it's whatever. Uh, fun, fun, fun fest. An amazing festival. Please have me back. Uh, I got to see Gorilla Biscuits. I got to twice. Once from the side of the stage. The other time when I got a black eye. <laughs> All right. It was uh, D and I. Thirty plus black eye. Yeah. Check. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was working at the ArcLight, and I made friends with the chef in the ArcLight Cafe. Mm-hmm. He's a real tall dude, head chef. Made the whole menu. Uh, it was like, but it was like an old punk dude. So you know the thing where you punk is a weird thing. Where you kind of you have to find the common ground within punk, yeah, sure. And it's like uh, the guy, you know, the guy's like, dude. I, and he was an older guy; he was uh, forty, but he was like, I love, uh, like for me compared to the time because yeah. I was like, 22. when were you? Okay, t- okay. Uh, but he was just like, you know, I love bad religion. I was like, yeah, bad religion is great. And he was, uh, he's like, and I love Pennywise. And I love, and then I was like, ah, Ooh, okay, yeah. Uh, and like it's just like because he was from Southern California, sure. and to him, he did sure. like Pennywise was just like, oh, cool. They sound like black, or you know, they sound like. Bad religion. religion, yeah. Um, so, like to him, it didn't make a difference. To me, sure. I, I hate. I just hate Pennywise so much. Well, with good reason. <laughs> They're yeah. just not good, and they yeah. don't seem like good people. <laughs> I don't know anything about them as people, but yeah, for me, it was always like yeah. mm, knockoff. Yeah, that's why. Like, that's what got me so much into is, that band Hickey. Is that like you know they like uh, they hated Pennywise and they stole the, a trumpet from Voodoo Glow Skulls. Is oh, this when sorry. I should tell the story about the lead singer from Offspring calling me to design graphics for his jet that he was buying? Dexter Holland might be on uh, Nerdist soon. Oh, uh, yeah, he right around the time you know they had that that uh, fly for a white guy right, or whatever right, that song right, right. was. Yeah. It was like yeah. a huge pretty fly song. for a white guy. Yeah, yeah. In pretty seven movies. Like I get a call. I guess Brett. Gave him my number, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm buying the, I'm buying a jet, and I want somebody to design graphics for it." And of course, me, instead of being the the guy that goes, "Oh yeah, that'll be seventy five thousand dollars," of course, the first thing out of my mouth is like, "Shouldn't you wait until you have another hit song?" (laughs) (laughs) And did he get upset? Well, yeah, I think he took it as like a joke, but I was just kind of like, I don't know, it was weird. Yeah, the thing is, though, the guy had a back. He has a backup career as a uh, uh, chemist. Yeah, he's to get that what? doctorate. He's got a yeah. His doctorate no, he's a, from well, his are there a lot of wow. chemists that own private jets? I mean, well, no, because he he has well, a career. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, yeah, but you know, yeah, there's a lot of people that benefit from no, chemistry. He's a, I guess he's that's like true. A, yeah, right. he's, like he's a big time scientist. Okay. Well, wait. I thought he wait win, he wins. So there's an actual Dexter's year, Laboratory. <laughs> yes. Uh, Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Let's see what Dexter Holland's opus is all about. Nailed it. Oh, <laughs> stop! I know. Um, 1965. Mo- what? Born or, or biology? Student. 65. 
He was born in 1965? Born in 1965, an American musician and molecular biology graduate student. Edu- and like the first thing is education and scientific career. As of 2013, Holland is a doctoral uh, student at the Laboratory of Viral Oncology. Viral? Oncology. Oh, viral That's oncology. cancer studies. And uh, yeah. proteo- proteomics? proteomics research. Keck School of Medicine, where he is supervised by Professor Surya Rashid. That's uh, 95? What? When was this going on? In 2013. Oh. Um, they co-authored a paper uh, regarding microRNA in HIV genomes titled Identification of Human MicroRNA-like Sequences Embedded Within the Protein Encoding Genes of a Human, in- immune- human in- Immunodeficiency Virus. So he's searching for the cancer gene. In HIV. And then he crowd-surfed. <laughs> wait, wait, isn't that a thing they found? Like the... Uh, uh, in Vice, the show Vice, they just talked about how they're taking um, HIV, certain uh, stem, stem cell stuff from HIV and putting it in cancer patients and getting like a 95% uh, cure rate. And then we'll have zombies that yeah. will kill us <laughs> Is that all. what you're waiting for? Zombies is next. Yeah. <laughs> um, that makes is, sense, though, because cancer is kind of like an overreaction of your immune system. Right. Produces too many cells, guys. How did this turn into a oh, science man. podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the kids who were upset during the car talk are now <laughs> screaming. You're just alienating everyone. Car <laughs> talk, the music history, back yeah, to I know. science. Here, let's uh, let's do the uh, the Twitter game. Every once in a while, we like to reach out to the uh, the kids of the internet who are horrible people mm-hmm. apparently so they're real bad people and uh, so we what New we Twitter did game song because I don't have a cherry pie or whatever oh, that's okay. <laughs> what is this you have too many songs that take a long time to build up you know that's part of the ideas to have the I know song. but we just talked over it it's, it's already built up all right here we go so uh, in uh, the uh, you know the you're a new dad. My dad is here. My mom's here. We were going to do hashtag dad rock. Uh, examples, of course, being Metallic can't make the game, boy. <laughs> uh, and uh, turn the car around for what? And okay, no. These are dad terms. Dad <laughs> rock. These are dad Leave terms. comedy to the professionals. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh... Why are you taking his side? He's a stranger to you. <laughs> These are my examples. No, no, no. I thought of. <laughs> you know, Why are you taking his side? You know what? He's a stranger to you too. Yeah, oh, we did it. There you go. There you go. Oh, you too. Yeah. Got it. Oh. You guys seen these uh, New York Life uh, promotions in this uh, hashtag? What? Or is that just me? <laughs> this is it Dad Rock? Hashtag oh, boy. Dad Rock, right? Oh well, yeah. I'm not looking at the. Uh... You know what? This sucks. Turn it off. <laughs> I'm always quick to bail on that game. Plus, like most of the people that responded were fucking uh, this dude arguing with each other, backpacking dad and J dash zero zero seven, just arguing with each other about what constitutes as rock. Yeah, no, that was the thing when I was on my way over here, and like you had tweeted my name about that I was doing this, and all of a sudden there's like fifty mentions in my. Timeline, and it was those two guys arguing with each other. Yeah, like, I got so excited. Like, I was like, "Hey, the, what a this yeah. hashtag's really taking off!" It's like, okay, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think I might take I, a couple of people I know lately have been like, I'm not going, I'm getting off Twitter. I'm not going to do Twitter anymore. It's a waste of time. And uh, I'm beginning to see the wisdom of that. I, I try, I, 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 you know, I would like to get off Twitter. Um, and I never more want to get off Twitter than when someone says, I don't know, it's a good promotional tool. And that's what makes me want to get it off <laughs> even yeah. more so. Because I, you know, it is a good way to let people know what you're up to. Yeah, or yeah. the stuff you're working on. I like I like Instagram a whole lot. Yeah, it's more visual. Yeah, I kind of prefer Instagram, but that's because I make art. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I find a little bit of relief every once in a while. I delete it off my phone, and then you don't have it on your phone. And then if you really want to look at what idiots are saying, you yeah. can go on your computer and do it. It's a little more hanky and like it's not going to take up that 30 seconds while you're in you know waiting for a prescription or something at CVS. It's just a thing to look at when you're you know should be just yeah. taking in the world around you. Yeah. That's, all, that's, that's all true. It really is. I when you know, when we were shooting uh Meltdown uh you know we're shooting all uh, there's cameras everywhere in the backstage and I kept on having to tell people I was like get off your phone it's not good TV. Yeah. There was a couple times like where it was just like Emily Kumail and Ed all on their phones. Ed's playing a video game. <laughs> oh. Just like, dude, just is, listen, if anyone needs this. <laughs> well, but th- that's the great thing is Neil can take the shots of them later staring at their phone and make up like a whole text conversation between them. Yeah, that's right. Just oh, yeah, like, I'll do like a Modern Family episode where it's just like them talking to each other. That's what they want. More like Modern Family. Yeah, I was going to say, boy, that's, that's really the pinnacle of comedy right there. Well, no, they, they did an episode this year that was all text messages and FaceTimes and weird stuff. Oh, this sounds like that uh, that movie, that Nacho Vigalando movie, Open Windows. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like that. Hmm. Have you seen that movie? Have you seen Time Crimes? It's very not, weird for I have not a seen... very no. respected straight-laced comedy show. It was yeah. like you were staring at a computer screen and things were popping up. Wow, that's pretty for cool. a half an hour. That's good that they're pushing the limits. I didn't see. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, but uh, yeah, Time Crimes is a great movie. It really is. That's yeah, that's one I think I have in my Netflix queue because a lot of people told me it was great, but I just never seem to get around to watching it. So you'll have fun. It's a fun watch and it's a quick watch. I don't think it's a very long movie at all. And it moves. And it's, I've, I've it's known. Like Ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah I've, I've had many people recommend it to me. So. Yeah. Do you watch any? Do you watch Going Clear? Yes, I did watch that, and that was really good. That was so, really good. I read. I read the book, and then I also read what was the other the book before Baldface Mas- Bareface Messiah, the one about as it was about L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, okay. But see, I'm obsessed with L. Ron Hubbard because I'm obsessed with Jack Parsons. Yeah, there you go. The, yeah, yeah, you know. That whole thing. Guy hosted the Tonight Show. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, Jack Parsons was a disciple of Aleister Crowley, who also founded, founded JPL, Jet Propulsion yeah. Laboratories, which and is still around to this day. Half the stuff on the space shuttle. L. Ron Hubbard yes. stole his boat, right? And his yes, girlfriend. L. Ron Hubbard stole his boat and his girlfriend. And a ton of money. After they after they performed this ritual designed to. Create the Antichrist. No, create, no. well, it's like yeah. to have a, a, a devil woman come? Well, it was the, supposed to be the whore of Babylon. And then this woman showed up in their lives named Marjorie Cameron, who was lived in Los Angeles for many years after Jack Parsons' death and was... His mysterious just, death and an explosion just, in his mansion in Pasadena, Yes, right? they just had a big show of her artwork at MoCA that was amazing. 
And she's just like, she's one of those people that just sort of was connected to a whole bunch of really interesting people. And was, was she a, fleecing those dudes? Oh, no, no. I mean, she was a genuine seeker, weird mystic person. But so. Elrond must have been. Oh, Elrond was, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, he, he talked, he talked Jack Parsons out of his like life savings with the idea that he was going to go to Florida, buy a boat navigate it back through the Panama Canal to sell in California because he, he could sell it for a lot more money in California than it would be worth in Florida. But what he did is he just took his money and, like, split. With so, his girlfriend? With, with his wife. Oh, with Jack Parsons' yeah, wife. Yeah, who they were split up at the time. Yeah. Ron Hubbard? Yeah. Ron Hubbard, yeah. Oh. And the boat. And the money. And, and the boat, yeah. So Money, wife, everything. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And, of course, they, they whitewashed that in the official Scientology literature and he claimed later that he was the the CIA or the FBI hired L. Ron Hubbard to infiltrate this occult group and discover their inner workings so it's just so nuts that was Parsons take on it? No, no, no. Oh, that was oh, sorry. No, Parsons was cinders by that point. So (laughs) Yeah, how long after uh Elrond took off with all of his money, did the explosion at his mansion happen? I think it was a couple of years later. It was. It wasn't like an immediate thing. No. But uh, it's very mysterious. Yeah, you know? it sure is. Yeah. I, I can't, like, you know, the weird, weirdest thing about the Going Clear documentary is that the first part of it, it's a pretty good commercial for uh, Scientology. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like everyone's just talking about, it's like, yeah, you feel good, you audit, and you just feel like you're better, <laughs> and you have this whole community, everyone's in a good mood all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole AKA time benefit that. of having friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember the whole time I was watching, I was like, that place is just a couple blocks from me. Yeah, you yeah, live so yeah, close yeah. to it. Very close. And Don't it, go. Yeah. No, I just kept so wait, thinking. So that movie's not about Noxzema? No. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Cash. How long have you... And did you tweet He that? was holding that one in. That yet, no. Tweeted. Not for that. <laughs> I was just thinking that when, when Mike Haggis, or whatever his name is. Paul Haggis. Haggis. Paul Haggis, that's it. Mike Haggis is his brother. That he he should have blamed that crash movie on Scientology. <laughs> that would have been... Well, that's the one. That's the reason he keeps working. Oh, that is the worst movie ever. I know. And it's doubly bad because now it's completely removed the awesome movie crash that David Cronenberg did, About which is like that a billion times better movie than, than people that. get into car accidents and have sex. Yeah. Which do you think did more reputation and more damage to that movie's reputation? The movie crash or the song crash by Dave Matthews band? <laughs> oh boy, that's a tough choice, <laughs> man. Um, the, uh, <laughs> when I was working at the Arclight owned, owned and operated in a Scientology fashion oh i didn't know that yeah yeah you're in a you're in a room for a week before you even learn how to pour a soda (laughs) you're just in a room and they're like it's like the knowledge like the levels yeah yeah, quadrants levels uh the the learning community the knowledge cup uh oh my uh, god uh qual coordinators are like managers qual is a term from dianetics that means uh the essence of your environment so qual coordinators are the ones who help the essence of the environment are the people who own it like scientologists there was Is a guy it? that like started off it's a real estate investment it's a real estate well, well it's like also yeah, pacific that's... theaters also co-owned by a a, a, a scientology okay. yeah you know we're going to go downstairs and there's going to be protesters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, They're like good. monitoring squirrel, the squirrel shit. Busters? What were those guys? Yeah, squirrel busters. Squirrel that's busters. right. Uh, that sounds really fun. Squirrel busters. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. those guys just look like it. Like it looked like a bang bus crew. That's what those guys look like. 
Um, don't worry about that, mom. Yeah, uh, you don't need to get that reference. Uh, the um, but the, uh, the 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 movie Crash. I had to see the trailer over and over and over again, and there was that horrible. Did I do this already on the show? Or I, I kind of no. remember the uh, the soliloquy from uh, what was the what was the black guy in it? Um, he was also an Iron Man. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Where it's like uh, um, in other cities in New York. You're always around people. You're walking down the street. People brush past you. You bump into people. But in Los Angeles, you're surrounded by this metal and glass that you just have to crash into another one so you can feel something. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an actual speech. Well, and didn't, didn't he also do that awful movie with <laughs> Nicolas Cage where he's a drunk? Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Was that Paul Haggis? No. Isn't it? I thought it was Paul Haggis. No. Um... That was well. That's a horrible movie, regardless. Yeah, you don't like that one either. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dad took me to go see Twelve Monkeys. Well, that's a good movie. That yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. That's an awesome. Terry Gilliam's awesome. Yeah, did you watch uh, Zero Theorem? I still have not watched it, yeah. dude. I have a baby now. I haven't. No, I've no, seen no. one movie in like the last yeah. nine months. We so. talking VOD? It's all on demand. It's well, it, I don't have. You can't even yeah. get through a movie in one setting. You just anymore. fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that, Mike Figgis. Mike Figgis. Mike Figgis. Okay. Uh, well, so wait. That's <laughs> Figgis Haggis. That's Paul Figgis' brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of Scots. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, that's the thing that happened. It never happened to me until after I turned 30 uh, is uh, what I call uh, um, like, d- like dad sleep. Yeah. Where it's like I'll you know sit down at the end of a day to like watch TV or a movie like and I'll like open up a beer and then it's just like I just doze off and I fall asleep. Oh, yeah. I'm like oh time to go to bed. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you have a just kid. Like, just... Have a kid and it's like ten times worse. Yeah, <laughs> that would be easy because I always used to go to sleep watching movies. No, and I kind of remember like the next night like where I where I remember I was like hey fast forward to that. And... Oh, I can't watch them. I can't. See, I have to to be able to go to sleep to a movie. It has to be a movie that I've seen a million times. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah. You know, it was always Back to the Future Two and and The Last Crusade. You know, Jones. Yeah, like it's like for me, it was. Uh... God, you guys are so young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it was Metropolis and uh, uh, Birth of a Nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying? Uh, uh, here's a, here's the thing that I uh, again the conversation with people like everyone talking about how Chappie is so dumb. Right, Chappie is like I've heard that. a lot of people making fun of the movie Chappie, uh, but isn't it like it's like if it was Short Circuit, like all these kids, like they're like, "Oh, Short Circuit's cool," and I was like, "Yeah," because you were five when it came yeah. out, and so if you were five when Chappie's coming out, you would love Chappie. Yeah, yeah. But then I heard Chappie's rated R, so how would the kids ever see it? That's true. Well, Let's just say Chappie a few more times <laughs> <laughs> until it loses all meaning. Yeah, sorry. It's, I'm like that's a, that's the thing I picked up from L. Ron Hubbard. A man dies in an automobile accident, but he remembers the automobile accident. Why would you say that? Why would you? I think would people were just mesmerized by L. Ron Hubbard's disgusting teeth. Bottom yeah. row, though. It's <laughs> oh, the bottom row. God. Yeah, cigarettes. Yeah. Why would you lump us uh, psychology and psychiatry? That's so rude of you. You're a real weird dude. Uh, yeah, no, you uh, think? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a real weird little bit. Dude. Yeah. I'm going to go as far as to say that he's a real cuckoo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. 
I'm sorry, guys. I don't. I might. I may have to drop that out. What's so weird <laughs> yeah. about Are the you whole muting thing, mics though, right now? The, what's so weird about the whole thing is that like so much of it is like good advice. Yeah, it's like you know, like you know, break down what's like like bugging you or bumming you out, and like kind of figure it out, understand it, and move on. Yeah. That's just like you know. That's a good idea. You don't have to hold cans. You could connect it to some wires to yeah. do that. And the whole all these people, Zeno thing. Yeah, but just like, all the, well, that's a different thing. That's just yeah. a guy. Wait a second. What are some Scientology bands? Um, uh, Silver Sun Pickups. Silver Sun Pickups and Beck. And that's it? Uh, yeah. So as far as I know. Oh, I didn't know the Silver Beck Sun Pickups were. Wait, was Jenny oh, Lewis? I hope not. I think... Speculation. Alleged. Yeah. Are there any... Uh, Masterson bands? Are there yeah, any? Masterson, the, uh, the amount of DJs that are Scientologists, oh, uh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> what's her name? Um, um, Juliet Lewis. She makes Juliet Lewis, yeah. yeah. The uh, Lewis the James Eppel from Italy. His parents were Scientologists. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, because, yeah, he was from L.A., right? Yes. Yeah. Then they left L.A. to go to San Francisco? Yeah. Metallica information. Uh, <laughs> what was I thinking about that? Yeah, but if these people just went to therapy... Yeah, but that uh, well, that's the brilliant thing about Scientology is they pose themselves as like if you're, it's it's sort of the same thing that's damned uh, Catholic priests a lot of the time too is like they have this idea that and the boy fucking. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's part of the boy fucking. It's like I'm not supposed to fuck anybody. So if I went out and fucked like uh, a girl I met at a bar, or I fucked a little kid. Um, it doesn't matter because I'm I'm committing the same sin. Oh, it's sort of the same thing where it's oh. sort of like they've taken psychology. Equal and made opportunity it, offender. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I can either believe in this or I can go seek psychology. But if I go seek psychology, I'm damned. I'm out. It's it's the yeah. worst. There thing is still like I mean you know like Deanna would even talk about how in the Midwest there's still a, like a strong stigma against uh, going to see a therapist. Yeah, because it just means oh, you're yeah. you're broken and you yeah. can't like you know. Yeah. I highly sure. recommend it to anybody. It's like, who doesn't yeah. like talking about themselves? I love it. I remember I got I right when I when I first it. moved out here. I took a, I took my car in to get like a brake job or something, and I was sitting in the little waiting room of the Midas or whatever it was, and this guy starts giving me the Scientology rap, like no trying way. to get me Whoa. interested in joining. And I was like, I was like, it looked like a total dirt bag then. I had like long <laughs> hair exactly and a leather works. jacket, yeah. and you know, I don't know why he what he. How much money he thought he was going to get out of me, but yeah. he wanted you to join a uh, special Scient- uh, Scientology department of wild dogs. <laughs> no, I like that. It's their biker gang. I like that. Uh, what's their book? What Dianetics? Dianetics. That's the big book. That's the big book. That's and the book he wrote. Their book. Their hook. Well, oh, their hook. Yeah. Oh, um, it, it, with their style of uh, auditing, which is like basically you. You, hook your, you, you hold on to these things, and someone asks you questions about what's bugging you, and or what's and then like, and then they have you keep on going back. And so you have to keep on thinking of things that like, and then they pretty much say, "Okay, we've blasted that memory out of your system." Like now, even that thing from a past life that's bugging you, we were able to. Okay, that's gone now, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. And of course, someone who's a bit you know emotionally vulnerable is going to go, right. "Oh my God! Like, thank you so much! I, yeah, I can't believe me of that. yeah, you yeah. freed me of this." You know, like you know, um, and so and here's the thing: it's like he kept on making more levels because he wanted to keep on making more money. So he kept on like saying like it's like okay, well yeah, well am now I you have superpowers. Yeah, yeah, it's like am I clear yet? Yeah. Oh no 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 because there's OT level two. It's like okay I'm, okay now I'm past OT level. Oh it's like am I clear yet? No, you're OT. And then there's like you know it goes up to OT seven. And then when you're at a certain level. It's like, you know, you find out the real 
what what really what life really is it's almost like you know it's like the matrix thing it's like oh this is what we're actually who we are and what we're living in and what it feels like to me is a last it feels like you know uh, like the last season of Lost is just a, a writer going, it's a Hail Mary. Ah, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just going for a Hail Mary and yeah. he's just saying, yeah. you know, that, you were uh, the alien overlord the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you are Zeno. It was but all, the evil yeah. twist of it is now you've had dozens of years of sitting in a confessional saying every awful thing you ever did to someone yeah. and it's recorded and if you ever want to speak against the church it goes back we've got you. everything we need to destroy yeah, you, you. Call personal PR. relationships yeah. and, so they have like you know they have decades of John Travolta saying he sucks dick and so if he doesn't want anyone to know wait that, John Travolta sucks dick yeah <laughs> Here was, here's what's crazy. Sorry, Mom, I didn't mean to use such vulgar language. <laughs> it's podcasting. This isn't really me. Yeah. Um, this is a character I play on yeah. on an iPod. There you go. Yeah. Nice thing. Yeah. Uh, Not that uh, that's a bad thing. No. <laughs> but uh, it's you know the um, some friends of mine were in a movie with them. Uh, and they uh, and he sucked their dick. No, no, no. It's like he did hit on them. He did like yeah, uh, he did hit on, like, on one of them. I would say he sexually harassed. <laughs> yeah, he sexually yeah. like assaulted yeah. one of these guys. And also, I was I was talking to another guy who did a movie with him, and like they went to go do some pickups, like uh, you know, some reshoots. And he was going to do some pickups too. Hey. Oh, hey, what? Vinny Barbarino. Vinny yeah, Barbarino. Yeah. Oh my goodness. How do you? What? Are you joking? <laughs> Yeah, from the island. He's as gay as Tom Cruise. <laughs> what do you mean? What Wait, you mean? What? what? Tommy, baby? Um, Next, you'll tell me like Paul Lind is gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Oh. No, he just oh, kisses okay. like Revelation. it, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but like my friend was saying, like it's um, there was only a, a couple of them in the scene, and he was like a, a clerk in the scene. So you know, uh, his whole thing, John Travolta was like, well, like, we'll take my jet. Well, like all flies, all flies to the reshoots, and so, you know, uh, they're all in there. It's a couple guys from the movie, and like, uh, you know, he gets in, he takes the fly. You just narrowed this down to one of two people. Well, <laughs> he's, he's going on the plane, going on the plane, and then like once the plane's in the air, the co-pilot takes over and he comes back and he starts making everyone food. But like, also there's this other guy there, and they're you know affectionate and they're kissing and everyone's talking and they're like you know hand in hand. Like it's like it's like apparently he doesn't hide it at all. Well, it's kind of like being in international waters. Like, if you're more than five miles above the surface of the Earth, yeah, yeah. you're not gay officially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's right, right. that's how it works. But you're closer yeah. to the. That's I don't right. Know if I could remember yeah. one of those weird terms, yeah. Zenu. Well, you're closer to Zenu because well, he probably knows at the same time that if those people start to say anything, he knows that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some know, guys will show he, up. Those guys yeah. will he can push him out a window like yeah, Blofeld. Crash. <laughs> crash it right into the yeah. ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'll be walking back. Yeah. How many Reese's eggs have you had, Cash? I had six. You Jesus know, Christ. you're working out and you're looking great. Thank you. I'd say, <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you didn't have six Reese's eggs. Oh, I'd be skinny as a post. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord, that's a lot of candy. Well, three of them were for you, but you weren't eating them. So I felt <laughs> like it's all your fault. Bill Tackett, can we get that as a, a soundboard, please? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dear Lord, that's a lot of candy. I'd love that. Uh, we're going to play a, another yeah. submitted song And then when we come back We'll start to wrap up Thank you so much for listening This is a, a band called uh, The Startup uh, With a song called Dinosaurs Submitted songs If you want your songs played on Jonah Radio 
Submit them to jonahradio at gmail.com. The Startup with a song called Dinosaur off their EP Weapons. 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 Uh, <laughs> that was really good. It's um, what's some of the best concerts you've ever seen? Uh, I know. Okay, I know. I, I'm, I'm late in the game for that. That's a no. Pop. But I've got I've got I've got a good one. You got a good shortlist. Well, I've got two great ones that were both mommy shows. Okay. One of them was in Downey, and. All the best shows are in Downey. Yeah, all the best shows are in Downey. But the pretext of this was there was a there was a thing called the, the Rat Fink Reunion, which was Ed Big Daddy Roth used to do this thing around Christmas time where all the people that used to work for him would come and hang out, and they'd have a little party. And this is like 1990, maybe, 91. Mm-hmm. And so the mummies were all coming down from L.A., and they were doing this show, and they're like, oh, great, we're going to go. We get to go to the Rat Fink Reunion. We're going to meet. Ed Big Daddy Roth, you know, it's like a dream. So Russell from the Mummies 
who's like probably the biggest Ed Roth fan of them all, he goes up to Ed Roth. He's got the new Mummies 45, and he, he hands him. He's like, oh, I want to give this to you. I'm a, such a big fan. I love Rat Fink, blah, blah, blah. Roth takes a look at it, and he goes, rock and roll's the devil's music. Throws it over his shoulder. <laughs> and just like, you know, totally just crushed oh, Russell. Boy. So Russell goes to the show, gets completely drunk, and is just like cussing out the audience oh. and like just like being really obnoxious. And then... Like Trent, you know, the lead singer was, he was just being Trent, just being completely ape shit, running around all over the place. And at one point, uh, Kirk from Flipside was like down at the front, like down on his knees taking photos. And Trent just full on like oh. kicks him like right in the, just right in the face and oh. then does the Elvis like karate pose after <laughs> that. And it was just, it was like, this was the most insane show That's ever. incredible. And then the other great mummy show that I saw was they did a show at that. Well, it wasn't called Cheetahs then. It was called I think it was called the Shamrock, the strip club. Yeah, strip club like right over by Wacko. And he came out like first song. You know, his little tiny stage. He jumps up on top of his farfisa and is like hanging from the light fixture. Kicks his farfisa out in the crowd and like smashes it, destroys it. Wasn't even like the first song wasn't even over, <laughs> and it was just like these guys are gods. Yeah. So are you gonna amazing. go? Are you gonna go up to San Francisco? See him? No, at- uh, I did. I ever? See, yeah, I think I saw him at, at no, the uh, bottom of the hill a couple of times. Ben Getting, I, uh, our buddy, is uh, is gonna head up there for I think whatever the Burgerama. Oh yeah, for there. the Burgerama thing, you know. I don't get to go see shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's my complaint about everything. You went but, DJ the other night. Yeah, that was really fun. Actually, I want to do that again. Yeah, I was, and I just played forty five. So, oh it was, wow, it was really fun. Nice, but but and the other great show that I saw, which again going back to Rocket from the Crypt, was Long on like first time I ever saw him. I'd never even heard of him before, but Long on John, I was hanging out with him, and he's like, "Oh, I want to go see this. I want to go see this band. I'm thinking about signing them." And I actually just saw Adam. At, he came to my art opening, and we talked about this. And I think he said it was like the second time they'd played in L.A. or something. Oh wow! So we go, and this band, this the band comes out that's opening, and they're like this bad, like it was like, you know, this is like ninety ninety one. So it was this band, like kind of trying to be Soul Asylum. Yeah. And it was just like, and I'm just like, God, is John going to sign these guys? They're terrible. And he's like, Oh no, no, it's the next band. And so, you know, they come out and it's like they've got the matching shirts on. They've got the horn section. And, you know, they start up and it's just that like, ah, you know, just rocket, like classic vintage rocket. And it was just like, oh, my God, these guys are amazing. Yeah. They're like my new favorite band now. They're incredible. And, and And I'm happy to say, like, I went to see them when they played at Echo, like, Last year, I guess. That was good. And that, they we still there. sound we there, just yeah. as incredibly amazing. They and were so consistent for so long. It's, it's, it always blows me away that they were good to the very end. Yeah. And they're still good. So still I hope good, they yeah. do more shows. No, I saw, we, uh, me and Dee, when we were at Fun 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 Fest, uh, got to stand on the side of the stage to mm-hmm. watch them. And it was, it was great because I liked that, you know, I liked that, uh, that Echo show, but they really, you know, like, the set list wasn't my like what I wanted, and you can sure. never you should never ask you know you should never expect what you want. But yeah. like when I saw him at Fun 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 Fest, it was just nonstop hits for me. Yeah, and Adam was, and I got to just look at Adam on the drums, who was just 
just destroying. He's just yeah. so good. And it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was a blast. It was like one of the best times I'd ever seen him. And I've seen him at like probably more than like it's outside of friends bands, probably more than any other band. Yeah. Wow. They're they're I, yeah, I think they're just yeah. so amazing. What was the friends? Uh, the remembrance? Re- Rembrandt's. Rembrandt's. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, friends, friends band. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice free association. Yeah. Boy, you pulled that one out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great job. Um, Boy, if I hadn't, I would have looked dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yeah. They are, they are fantastic. I mean, like the, the hives were always uh, a real uh, force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I never well. saw yeah. those guys live. I, oh, really? I saw the show that made them like superstars. It was yeah. at the Roxy. Uh, it was uh, it was them, rival schools, and uh, and then uh, International Noise Conspiracy. That's the tour I interviewed them on in DC. Yeah, and yeah. that was like that was the tour that they came out like, and they kept on blowing. By the end of that tour, they were headlining. Wow! It's like they were the wow. opening act. Yeah, but they kept on every city after city blowing everybody away. Yeah, and then they like they by the crushing. end of the tour, it had the oh, entire thing had flipped. Yeah, because it was and, impossible. And, uh, uh, Say I told you so. Or Hate to say I told you so. Yeah, that was like a huge hit. By yeah. the yeah, like it came out at the beginning of the tour. By the end of the tour, it was like, yeah. And they, and they, they also like uh, Vinny Vidi Vicious, which was that album. They had uh, sold to multiple labels, and then an, a huge yeah. war started. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they like didn't really know what they were doing, and so yeah. they they kept on saying, "Yeah, you can, you have the rights." They're Swedish guys. Yeah, like, well, you have the rights. Well, you have they, it. they came. They came up through the Swedish government system, which was like you applied for grants if you wanted to be in a rock band. Yeah, and they were like government funded rock bands. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why there's so many great Swedish rock bands. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, the Hives and ABBA are the same band. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, but refused, they took it, I think refused to grant. That's where like the uniforms came from. They're like, we have to treat this like a job. Let's do this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They, were, they were really nice guys to talk to. But when I took pictures of them during their rehearsal when they weren't in their outfits, I was persona non grata. Yeah, not into it. They they have to look as a certain. Was that when was Mike Lavella still like managing them or somehow involved with them then? Maybe because they weren't Burning Heart in America. Yeah, which was the epitaph. That's I know Mike was somehow involved in getting them signed or whatever. I don't remember. Dad, what was the uh, best concert you've ever been to? Best concert I've ever been to. Wow, been to so many over the years. Hard to choose. Well, who have you seen that will impress people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, way back in the day. Yeah, I'm sure to... you, that was the last time you saw a live <laughs> band, Dad. That wasn't Adam playing Metallica and Soundgarden covers in <laughs> high school. Before your garage days with the punk rock stuff. I'm, and, ta- I'm and... talking about what was like... Yeah, thirty-six chambers. <laughs> no, that was quarterhead. Oh, quarterhead. <laughs> quarterhead in Tahoe. Close. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, one thing my parents always told me was that they both had tickets to go to Altamont, um, but both had to give them up because it was SAT day. In, uh, <laughs> wow, wow they were wild. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were also both like sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are some of the bands you've seen? Oh, I've seen just about all from my generation, you know. Name I, them. Well, <laughs> 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 and Jordan just saw, you know, interviewed uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, when he was you with saw, Wayne. You saw Paul McCartney with Wayne. forum, yeah, when, <laughs> yeah. when I was at college, yeah. Oh. Saw that. Cool. Paul McCartney and Wayne. Oh, at the Shell, yeah. So, oh, the Waikiki. Shell Waikiki Outdoor Venue, Crosby, yeah. Stills, and Nash. It's like the uh, Hollywood Bowl or Greek Second Theater. Row. Second row, wow. Yeah. 
So, have you seen? So maybe your mom should be over I here. Know. <laughs> it turns out five years <laughs> makes a difference in the brain. Big difference. Well, yeah. I'm just oh, yeah. back. I see so many of them. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was my thing before, you know, because I used to work for, you know, we used to do sound, the bands used to come to Hawaii, but they didn't bring all their sound systems with them because before it was sure. just huge speakers and everything. So I worked for this uh, company called uh, One Stop Concerts, and so we used to supply, you know, the roadie work and all that stuff. So it was kind of cool. We got to see everybody who came to town. Yeah, yeah. You know, I did the Richie same thing. Hay, you know, I mean, I was the guy that had all the change, you know, the black guys. I mean, just all of them. The guy oh, with, a black guy Dan, with the chains. Steely Dan, Johnny Mitchell, you know, all of those. Yeah, yeah. The old time. Well, hold on real quick. The black guy with chains. Yeah. Was Steely that Dan. Richie Haven? No. Oh, okay, Haven. Richie Haven. No, no. it wasn't Richie Haven, was it? He was this, Rick James? No, no, he was dead. <laughs> Isaac Hayes. Oh. Isaac Hayes. Hayes. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Got it. Thank I got you, it on the Neil. first try. We all yeah, went yeah, through yeah. a couple. There you go, Neil. Went back to my original. Isaac Hayes, Scientologist. Oh, oh, nice. You got to go out on the callback, right? Elton John, classic era. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-out, Elton John. Yeah. Pre-out. You know? Wait, Elton John's gay? <laughs> um, Back in '73, I don't know, was he? <laughs> he was always gay. Okay. Um, the uh, so, did you see Led Zeppelin? No, never came to Hawaii. You don't, you don't like you? You're, well, you love the you love the monkeys. Yeah, she, yeah. She There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Awesome. Last yeah. train like to Clarksville. Jerry Mitchell and Pat Stevens. Okay. No, I know. Best time was uh, three nights in a row at the Shell was Jimi Hendrix. No way. Wow. That's pretty and good. You were there for all three nights? 67. Yeah, 1967. You should have said that 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while. <laughs> Ooh, this guy's brutal, man. <laughs> Just what are some of the biggest shows you've ever seen? Oh, I don't know. Maybe one of the greatest guitar players of all time, three nights in a row. I, uh, I mean, who could really remember such things? I did. You know, I did. You know, I worked for. Uh, I did the same thing as you. Like when bands came to town through Golden Voice, I would uh, load in the equipment and sell their yeah. shirts and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that was the thing. We got to, you know, and you could stand backstage or side stage. Watch them play. Yeah, yeah. You, know. you probably got to see a lot better bands than I did. I got to see Monster Magnet, Static X, no doubt. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Monster Magnet's awesome. Good. That's a thing people keep on telling me. I really should go and backtrack. Yeah, you I should. Because well, do, you like, do you like Hawkwind? Hmm? Well, you would like Monster Magnet. Okay. I just I think I lumped them into the. Uh... Well, they came, you know, they were there was a lot of they sort of got lumped in with a lot of bands in that era that they really had nothing to do with. Yeah. It's that grunge curse. I mean, because uh, they're much curse. closer to like, I would compare them much more like to like a band like High on Fire or Sleep. Oh, I mean, okay. they're or like, like Fu Manchu. Yeah, or... like totally yeah, yeah. like Fu Manchu. Exactly. I mean, Super Suckers. Yeah. Well, maybe not Super Suckers, but no, I like guys. Super Suckers. But. I like Super Suckers a lot. Fu Manchu more so. But yeah, definitely like like if you like Fu Manchu or High on Fire, you would like Monster Magnet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Broaden your horizons, man. Yeah, hey, I'm yeah, doing yeah. my best. <laughs> I listen to Gets Gilberto all the time. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> to make me feel like a fancy lad <laughs> in my modern house. Yeah. Um, Did you put like a suicide knob on your Honda Fit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One hand it as you. Uh, well, uh, that's it for the show. I want to thank our guest, uh, Chris Cooper. Chris Coop, now at Art of Coop. It's 
my the site where I sell all my shit is theartofcoop.bigcartel.com. Oh, you're and part we're, of that we're big gonna, cartel. Yes, because yeah. it's easy. And then, uh, <laughs> Adam, we're going to link to that. Anything you heard today, you can be linked to. Uh, Dad, Mom, thank you so much. I hope you guys... What's your website? Yeah, what's, yeah, what's your website? Plug? Yeah. <laughs> what are you plugging? What are yeah. you plugging? Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. thank you very Yay. much. All right, uh, Adam. Thanks for being here. Always. No, not always. Well, I mean, it's, uh, always, it's, always, it's always a pleasure for me to be here. That's right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, also, uh, Cash Hartsel, who can be reached at Cash Hearts on the internet, grams and stuff. Yeah. I have a few Reese's eggs left. So also, let's uh, give it a hand for uh, Cash, who just got a producer. Uh, uh, Oh, well, no. no. Don't announce no. Producer of uh, Reese's, uh, Reese's Eggs shits. Oh. Uh, he'll be producing many of these weird <laughs> loaves of shit from all the granulated oh, yeah. shit. Chemical. <laughs> chemical peanut butter. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, chemical and, uh, peanut butter, that was the best concert I ever saw. <laughs> uh, and also Neil Mahoney. Uh, yeah, I'm and, doing a great job. You're doing a great job. You're doing a Say it good again. job. You're doing, Say it again. Good, you're doing a job. Say it again. Do it, Jay. Yeah, I know. Just, you do. My mom's like wondering why you're not uh, three bottles of whiskey in. <laughs> <laughs> Reputation precedes me. Yeah, I expected there to be a lot more drinking at this. <laughs> you did, you had one, and it made I know, it really, I know. The, the guests will always set the. Uh, yeah. uh, so I should have had yeah. like five or six. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, when Jay okay. Howell's here, we drink more than we ever thought we could. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Like, uh, but if you just opened, you're like, no, I drink all the time. One, well, I drink all the time. I don't drink to excess all the time. Oh, and that's not oh, drinking. That's, that's not drinking. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna uh, end the uh, the podcast <laughs> um, with a song off the new Michael Cronin album, which is going to be on uh, Merge Records. Uh, is I am, he announcing it? Yes, it's all. It's, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm actually on Thursday. I'll be directing a video for this song. Yeah, uh, which should be Plug. a lot of fun. So uh, please, everybody, enjoy "Say" off of MC3, and we apologize for the first episode. If you liked any of the bands you heard on this episode, please go to the links that will be provided on the Nerdist.com posting of this episode and support uh, all the music you can. Go see live bands and buy their shirts and buy music from them. Okay, thank you so much, Mike.
Now leaving Nerdist.com. 